Welcome to the Life Well-Lived Podcast. I'm Kayla Brandon, a holistic health coach and wellness enthusiast. I am absolutely obsessed with learning about people who live their most authentic lives. In this podcast, you'll hear stories about those who truly live a life well-lived and what they do mentally, spiritually, and physically to get there. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump into your daily dose of practical advice on pursuing a life with purpose and passion. This week, I caught up with my friend Pega Esmiley, former fitness instructor, personal trainer, nutrition guru, and influencer. Pega is a California native, and her active lifestyle reflects that. Getting into the fitness industry around 17, Pega struggled with overexercising and undereating, which also led to losing her period. She is very open about her struggles with orthorexia and hypothalamic amenorrhea, better known as HA. In this episode, we cover signs of orthorexia, overcoming body image issues, gaining weight, healing HA, essentially getting your period back, and more about how her faith played a role in shifting her perspective. I learned so much in this episode from Pega, and I hope you do too. Without further ado, let's get into it. Pega, welcome to the show. I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, it's been, gosh, it's been a while, I feel like, since we connected. It's been probably, I want to say three or four years since we met on Instagram. And I've been following your journey since the very beginning and your fitness instructor days and always being so inspired by your content. Um, But for those who might be new to your journey, do you mind just telling us a brief intro about yourself, where you're from, what you studied, what you did for a living, what you do now, and, and all that? Totally, totally. So yeah, I think it has been like four years since we connected, maybe even longer. I think I've had Peg Active for like six, seven years now. Um, definitely was much more active on the platform before when I first started. But um, yeah, so currently I am 36, almost 37 weeks pregnant. So if anyone's listening to this and I sound out of breath or I'm taking breaks, that's why I haven't done a podcast in a while. And I decided to wait until my ninth month of pregnancy to do one. So apologies in advance, but gosh, where to even begin? Um, yeah, when I first started Peg Active and first got onto, um, Instagram in the fitness realm, I was heavily involved with teaching really multiple different platforms, different forms of exercise from indoor cycling to Pilates to personal training. I really just wanted to get involved with all of it. And Prior to that, I was working um, in sales. <laughs> I was a, a esthetician working in skincare sales for about four years. Don't quote me on that. On that, I, um, I got involved in the corporate industry pretty young. I was like 19 when I first started working for a company out here in the Bay Area, um, and so there for about four or five years and decided one day that I wanted to pursue fitness. And I, I went all in. I got my NASM certification, which led to me wanting to become an indoor cycling instructor. So on and off for quite a few years, I worked um, at Flywheel and Cycle Bar to uh, indoor cycling studios nationwide. I'm sure you've heard of them. 
And at the same time, I was doing personal training. Um, I had my own clients. I worked for a few different organizations as well doing that. Um, I became a Pilates instructor, and then I got really involved in the nutrition aspect. So I got my nutrition certification and um, pre and postnatal certification. And then I decided, you know what, like, this is all awesome, but let's turn Peg Active into a business. So I took it, you know, uh, to the next step and started to host these really awesome workshops. And I actually miss that so much. I think I miss that the most um, from my Peg Active days where my workshops, they're really fun. It was an opportunity to just get both men and women together, have a workout, you know, um, get to know really great companies, get swag bags. And it was, a, it was a really fun time. And honestly, throughout that journey, I was super blessed to be able to partner and work with several different companies from Adidas to Reebok, um, gosh, and uh, several food, uh, health and wellness companies as well. And, you know, I did that for a while. I would say it was like three, four years consistent, maybe even three. Um, and then I met my now husband, Sohel, and you know, Instagram and for those who are very active on the platform, it's not for everyone. And for me, I think it just started to get super draining and I'm just being super transparent on here, not trying to put it down by any means, but you know, I was chasing this uh, quote unquote influencer lifestyle, which didn't really line up really with my values and who I wanted to be, it was a 24 seven thing. Um, I was always attached to my phone around the clock, weekends, nights, all the time. And I kind of lost touch as to who I really was. I lost touch with reality, how to interact with people in real life, how to act in real life. There were so many times when my poor husband, we were just dating and I would be on my phone during a date, like responding to Instagram stories or comments. And I felt like I had to do that. Um, and so after I would say about three, four months of us dating and, you know, our relationship moved pretty quickly because we had known each other for 15 years. Um, as we started to get more serious, I really had to make the decision of, okay, is this something that I want to do forever? Is this something that I, um, I want to prioritize? And it really wasn't. So I made the decision to make Peg Active my hobby and my side thing. And um, now I just really, I do it for fun. It's an outlet. And you know, I may pick it back up in the future again and um, start coaching again, start taking, uh, I almost said patients, clients on again. But for now, I'm just so happy with it being um, a platform for me to be able to share my testimony, which I'm sure we'll get into my story, who I am, what I've overcome, as well as sharing, you know, balanced life and what that looks like. So sorry, that was really long winded. <laughs> no, this uh, you're, I'm the queen of long winded, winded answers. So I can appreciate that, but thank you for being so vulnerable with your journey. Um, I know that we're going to get into it, but I would love to just know what are you doing today? Cause I know you mentioned you're not doing that anymore. And sometimes social media can really be dece deceiving because there are people who even think I just am like, like all I do is Instagram, which is hilarious because I don't have that many followers <laughs> and I don't even post like a lot. Um, and it's definitely not like sponsored stuff and whatnot all the time. So I'm always laugh, but, um, but I would love to know what you're doing now. Cause I am yeah. also working in corporate America and 
this, what you just said is exactly what I do. It's like my side hustle. It's fun. It's whatever. But if I don't post for four days, like I don't post for four days and I'm like, I'm okay with that. Yes. And honestly, Kayla, there's so much like peace and beauty with that where you're like, okay, I can take time off and it's not going to impact me. I think it got to a point where I was, I was drained because I was hustling so hard to get partnerships and sponsorships and try to get paid. That was my only job for a hot minute. So, um, again, God is so good. And he opened up a door for me to start working for a company. So I'm forgot to mention, I'm from the Bay area, California, and about two in some months, year, two years ago in some months, I started working for a company out here in the Bay Area called Mind Strong Health. And I got in, involved in the operations team. And Mind Strong is a company that's sole focus is mental health and providing therapy and psychiatry to patients um, in the serious mental illness population and demographic. So um, it's such it's such a blessing to work for a company that's working towards that. We're an app and um, it's great. So I'm in operations. I'm currently a clinical operations manager. So that has you probably won't get that from my Instagram. I don't talk about it much at all. So I'm sure people are wondering, you know, or at least people who care and follow me are wondering like, what does she do? That's what I do. I'm a clinical operations manager, but I'm officially on maternity leave as of yesterday. So really excited about that too. <laughs> um, my goodness. Well, congratulations on all fronts. So for those who don't know, um, Pega is actually 36 weeks pregnant, I believe. Is that the official countdown? Okay. So you're officially four weeks away from, you know, they say the quote unquote due date, but we all know um, that could change. I'm I'm sure your doctor has already mentioned, you know, the baby can come basically any day now and, (laughs) or or the baby could come, you know, three weeks after your due date. Um, That's an exaggeration. And I I don't wish that upon anyone, but, um, but yeah, so you're in the home stretch and like before, we get into what, where you're at today. I'd like to take a step back and look at where you were um, yeah. and just kind of reflect on your history, which you're very open about. So I hope that that's okay in me. Ask, it's okay in me asking totally. these questions um, just to discuss like disordered eating, over-exercising, maybe addiction to social media, all of that. And how has that journey been for you and helped you get to where you are today? Yeah, for sure. So um, let's see there. I could go on forever because my journey is quite long, but I'm going to summarize a majority of it and get into the details of the most recent. So when I was, let's say 16, no, 17, 18 years old, I'm now soon to be 29. So that was what, 10, 11 years ago, I first got involved with fitness. It was kind of a way for me to have control of something in my life. Um, and I just approached it from the get go in the wrong way. I was not educated, had no idea what I was doing. You know, back then magazines were huge. I don't think I've gotten a magazine in a very long time, but magazines were huge back then. And so I remember I just picked up a magazine one day and there was like a meal plan in there and a fitness plan. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to follow this. Like, you know, whatever. It's a great start. So something that could have started out so healthy and so simple and minimal ended up turning into something that 
was an ongoing battle. I think I just became my own competition and I kept wanting more. I wanted to see more results. I got more and more involved with it. And I looked at fitness and um, what I was eating as a way to have control over my life. And, you know, at that age, you're just still so young. There's so much that you don't know. Your body is still developing too. I, in general, my whole life, I was very petite. I didn't get my first, you know, period until I was 16. So got involved with fitness heavily at 17, 18. My body didn't even have a chance to like grow up and learn its own functions and like what's going on. Right. So that, you know, went on for a while. I, I lost a lot of weight very quickly. And, um, I know weight is said it's a touchy subject, but I wouldn't say that I was like starting out heavier, but in high school, you know, you go through phases and I definitely got more involved with the party scene for a little bit there. And there was, you know, drinking and partying and lots of late night in and out runs. So fitness and exercise was definitely not top of mind. So when I did get involved with it, I started to enjoy seeing the results that I was seeing, which led to more and more. And I started to base my identity and my value in my appearance. Um, and you know, that lasted for a very long time. I would say five, six years. Again, I'm so bad with like remembering the exact time frame and all of that. And it was an up and down journey. There were seasons throughout that time period where I was doing great and I was making, you know, progress and overcoming the orthorexia, which is what I had, which is an obsession with clean eating and over-exercising. And there were seasons where I was like, what am I doing? Like, okay, let's, let's chill out. I'm going to, you know, calm down a little bit and then I'd get right back into it. It was an up and down battle. And obviously lost my period immediately from the get-go. Didn't think anything of it. You know, you're still young. I wasn't even thinking about that. And it came to a point where I think it was like my 21st birthday or 22nd. And, you know, during this time, my parents always um, expressed concern. And there were several, like immediate family interventions, but I was so stubborn. I didn't think anything of it. Um, you know, I just thought that they were just being sensitive and I really was just so blinded. And honestly, talking about it doesn't make me emotional, but it's just hard for me to even remember all the details, you guys, because my brain was in such a fog. Like it's so hard for me to remember life during that time because I was so malnourished. I don't remember much. I just remember the bigger picture of like what was going on and you know, what happened. But believe it or not, during that time period, five, six years is a long time. And not once did I get hospitalized or blackout or faint or get sick or anything like that. And I know for a fact that that's God's grace. Like that was him protecting me. And I must've had so many people praying over me because it was bad. Like, gosh, I don't even know how many calories I was eating in a day, probably less than a thousand. And I was working out seven days a week, pure cardio, just like elliptical treadmill. That's it. So 22, um, had a revelation, had a conversation with someone very close to me and decided, you know what, I need to make a change. So this is really common. I think with those who have had disordered eating or orthorexia or anything else that falls into that category, but you kind of jump from one extreme to another. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to start working on 
doing fitness the right way, but I still hadn't healed the root issue, which was my identity does not come from anything else other than Christ. I wasn't making that connection. So yeah, I gained the healthy weight that I needed to. I, you know, was starting to eat more. I let go of the orthorexic patterns, but then I stepped into the fitness industry and things shifted. I still wasn't fully mentally healed. Like that, that switch in my head didn't turn on. Like, you know, your looks don't equate to your value because yeah, I started to look healthy, but I was still struggling internally. You know, I was, I kind of just started to step into something else and look for control in other ways. Um, and that's super common for those who have body image issues or, go through this is they, they look to fitness and, you know, bodybuilding quote unquote, as a way to cover up their past eating disorder, because it still gives you control over your macros, how much you're eating in a day, meal planning, working out, even you still have that, you still have that control. And, you know, obviously for me, I got heavily involved in the fitness industry. I was seen as a lead instructor, I was looked up to by people in group fitness classes. So I felt like I had to hold this like title. I had to look a certain way. I had to um, represent myself as someone who only ate quote unquote clean and healthy. And, you know, I have to have a six pack. I have to look lean. I have to do this. I have to do that because that's my image. And I, I think building peg active off of that. Although yes, like I was very, um, everything I wrote about my faith was true. I I wasn't a lie, but I still was struggling internally because I was looking at fitness and health as something that was, um, labeling me. And so really that change took a long time for me to come to terms with. Um, and you know, God places people in your life for a reason. And I mentioned my husband and I have known each other for a very long time. So he's seen me through all of the journeys of my life from my very lowest weight to, um, where I am, where I was when we started dating again. And, um, even when we started dating, I had a lot of work to do. There was still a lot that I had to work through. And, um, I think just throughout all of it, there were little seeds being planted and it finally came to the point it was really when COVID first started. And I think that as terrible and awful as COVID is and has been and um, how scary it's been, it was such a huge blessing for me because it gave me the opportunity to reflect on my lifestyle. And, um, you know, I mentioned that I put Peg Active behind. That was still months before COVID. That was, you know, a year before COVID. I made the decision to put Peg Active behind. And I think that was one of the first big seeds of me stepping into this new journey. It was a long process, but I took several steps that ended up leading me to where I am today. And, um, you know, I put Peg Active behind, eventually got involved with the company that I'm with now and started to step away from fitness being my spotlight. However, I was still, you know, living in a way that wasn't hundred percent matching up to that. I was still exercising a lot, um, eating super healthy and, you know, I looked healthy. I didn't look underweight by any means. I still ate, you know, fun things. I, I did all of that, but there was still more work that needed to be done. And when COVID first hit, you know, all the gyms closed. And so 
everything just changed. And I think for me, it was such a great opportunity to, like I mentioned, reflect on my life and really think about what is important. I knew that I wanted to have kids one day. I knew that uh, my husband and I wanted to start a family. And so I made the decision when COVID started to just make major lifestyle changes and never look back. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing so openly because I think hearing your story, that is so much more common, especially in the fitness industry, than a lot of people imagine it to be. Like I know a lot of fitness instructors that have had this a similar path as you where it's it's your job to look good. So then that becomes like the new obsession. Whereas before it could have been eating as little calories as possible. And now it's looking as lean and cut and toned and have a six pack and all that good stuff. Um, which again, there's nothing wrong with that if you're mentally well and you have a good relationship with your body. But from what I understand, to get that type of a body, you have to sacrifice a lot in your yeah. personal life. So I'm just so thankful that you found your own way out of it and that you really you used a lot of your um, – or you relied heavily on your faith um, to get you out of that dark time. Do you feel like God really took that as an opportunity to kind of get to know you better and have you get to know him better? Absolutely. Absolutely, Kayla. I, I think it would be really easy for me to look back at photos because there's a lot of me when I was really truly anorexic. So that is what I was. Um, and cringe or get disgusted with myself or just feel really low. But I honestly, because God is so good, I'm able to look back at it as such a blessing because I am now able to use my story to help other people. And most importantly, it is so important to me as a soon to be girl mom to make sure that my daughter is as confident as she can be. And, um, I am just grateful that God's blessed me with a daughter to be able to use my story to help her and to, you know, show her like there's so much more in life than how you look and to teach her about health and wellness in the right way. I think, um, I I've been truly blessed to be able to use this that that season of my life to be able to pour into others. And I just hope to continue to do that. And through it, 100% God grew our relationship because clearly I was far away from him, but he was never far from me. So I love that. I think a lot of people can relate to that too. Um, just that feeling of feeling distant from God, but knowing that you're the one that's choosing other things over him. And I have been there before and I'll admit there's a lot of times during my day where, you know, I could get so caught up in work or caring for my family or like being like, okay, I got to get this workout in. Um, and at the end of the day, all of those things are all very important and they're necessary to live life. Like I, I have to work, I have to care for my family, I have to take care of my body, but it's the order of importance. And if I wake up and the first thing I do is check Instagram, that tells me there's something wrong. Yeah. Totally, totally. And I've absolutely been there before. So, yeah. um, and I really want to touch on something that you wrote a blog post about, which is how you healed your hypothalamic amenorrhea, which yeah. is a condition that essentially creates um, an imbalance in, in the body and I guess a, a deficiency in female hormones from what I understand to where a female loses her period. Do I, do I have that correct? 
That's totally correct. Yeah. So hypothalamic amenorrhea, it's pretty much loss of a period for months at a time. So I think it's, it's usually like at, for two months, like minimum two months up until gosh, years. So that's correct. Um, it's when you're hypothalamus and I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. I know. I think I butchered it. You know what? I'm fine with it. We're all in. Sorry, y'all. Google. (laughs) Um, it shuts down. And so that, so, you know, a a healthy functioning, reproductive, fertile woman, all of the things from the brain to the uterus and the hormones and everything is functioning and signaling to each other. Your body knows what it's doing. And, um, pretty much hypo HA, I'll just, I'm just going to say HA is when all of that just shuts down because your body goes into high stress mode and it's pretty much shutting off all of the necessary functions to keep you alive. So that, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's pretty intense. And the more you like learn about it, it's kind of scary. And yeah. you know, it, it ties directly to red S, which is relative energy deficiency in sport. So Kayla, it's so common in fitness and I would say really in the fitness and nutrition community for people to have HA and for it to either go misdiagnosed or ignored. Um, unfortunately, people just don't talk about it. And one other thing too is, you know, with uh, contraceptives and birth control being so highly utilized, you can go on years and have HA and have no idea. And yeah, I can, you know, jump into my story and I have a ton of experience with that. Um, I had HA for 11 years. So if anyone's listening to this and you've had HA for one year, two year, 12 years, recovery and healing is so possible. Your body, our bodies, all of us truly are so resilient. And if you treat them, if you treat it right, it will treat you right back. Like it will, it, it, it's so true. 11 years to, you know, four months of putting in work and getting a period. Like it's just, it blows my mind. Our bodies are so smart. They're so smart and they want to do the right things. They want to work. Um, I don't know why I keep saying they and it, but hopefully you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, um, yes, we all understand. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah, I, um, I would say when my sister had her first son, he's now five and a half, um, that kind of triggered something to me like, okay, I want to be a mom one day. I love being an auntie to this adorable boy. And truly he, I, I always say that he saved my life because that was one big step that I took in the direction to make sure that, you know, I would be fertile one day. So I started to see all the doctors, all the specialists. And one thing I will say, unfortunately, HA is not as well known in the medical industry um, as it should be. I think it's because there's just so many other things that doctors are super well educated on, but HA just really isn't one of them. And so it's really easy for it to get misdiagnosed. So if you feel like you um, might have HA, uh, definitely pursue it and get as much help as you can to really get to the bottom of it because it's super easy for it to get misdiagnosed. And I have several friends and people that I know who were given incorrect diagnoses, um, which ended up making the problem worse. So thankfully, um, the, the endo, endocrinologist, I believe it was that I went to knew what HA was and he diagnosed me with that. And even with him, he didn't give me the type of push and motivation that I needed to really heal the root issue, which was, okay, 
how do I get my body out of stress mode? There's mental stress, physical stress, and just internal stress all around. And really his only focus was let's figure out, you know, what to do by giving you birth control. Let's, let's just feed your body with estrogen. Um, and that'll be our main focus for now. Right. So that's, you know, not knowing anything. I was like, okay, that sounds good. So he put me on birth control and Hey, I got a period. It was a fake bleed. Obviously uh, birth control doesn't give you a real bleed and your body still doesn't do all of the things that it needs to do. It's kind of just, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a pill that gives you a fake bleed every month. So I was still super involved in the fitness industry, coaching, teaching, all of that. But hey, I was on birth control and I was getting a period. So in my mind, I was like, I'm good, all good. You know, everything's going to be fine. And then when my husband and I started to get serious, I knew that, you know, getting off of birth control early on is good just to give your body time to like work on its own. So I got off of birth control and no period, just none. I was on birth control, I think for three years. Um, and I had, I knew like it takes time for the body to get a period after being on the pill for so long. So I kind of just ignored it, kept living my lifestyle, doing hit three times a week, working out like crazy. Um, and then, you know, I realized I picked up this book and it was, what was the, Oh, no period. Now what by Nicola Rinaldi highly recommend it. And this book was such an eye opener for me. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, all of this lines up a hundred percent to who I am. Definitely have read us. My body is super stressed out. I need to chill out. So I started to follow a lot of the protocols in the book, which pretty much is eat more, exercise less, chill out. I still maintained a workout routine, but I calmed it down a lot, cut out cardio. Um, my, my body just really needed time to rest and heal. I started to incorporate two rest days, um, and I started to see changes. And for anyone who's going through HA or who has gone through HA, Kayla, it's literally puberty part two. Your body is starting to go through puberty again and starting to like, you know, do the things that you experienced in high school because that's what your body is going through. And so I experienced that, you know, it was the summer when COVID first hit and my body was changing. Um, you know, my, my boobs were starting to get big. I yeah, was flat chested my whole, you know, this whole time I was like, oh, this is cool. Um, I started to get curves and my hair was fuller and I just started to see all these physical changes. So I knew whatever it was that I was doing, it was working. Um, and then finally, you know, after months of doing it on my own, I decided to invest in a coach and I'm so glad that I did. She really gave me that final push that I needed just with a few nutrition tweaks even and new types of supplements that were custom and personalized to me. Um, one month later, I got my first period and I have never been so emotional in my life over something like that because I had spent, you know, the past six months really working my butt off because HA is in really any type of change like that. It is such a tough thing to go through mentally, physically, of course, but I think mentally it's the hardest because you're really grieving over this body that you used to have and trying to move forward in peace. Um, you know, thankfully we were sheltering in place, so I didn't have to have or I didn't have to worry too much about social anxiety because it was very evident that I looked different. You know, I had been a certain size my whole life and um, 
my body was changing. It was, it was, you know, um, my hormones were working and things were changing. And the reality is that in order to overcome HA, it's likely that you're going to need to gain a little bit of weight and that can be different for everyone. But, um, the cause of HA is low BMI underweight and not enough body fat. So how do you fix that? It's by putting on body fat and bringing your BMI to a healthy BMI, gaining weight that all goes hand in hand. Um, and so it was mentally really tough. And once the period came, I was like, oh my gosh, it was all worth it. So I got my first period, my second period. And uh, I should say my husband and I were not not trying to have a kid. We, we had talked about obviously wanting to have a baby, but that wasn't our focus. Um, and lo and behold, three periods later, or two periods maybe, I, I think it was three, um, I got a positive pregnancy test and we were shocked because, you know, my OB was like, it could take you guys up to a year just because of your past. And so I was prepared for that. I was like, okay, you know what? We're just going to keep practicing until baby decides to happen. And, um, yeah, it ended up being a very short journey for us, which I'm super grateful for, but, um, yeah, HA it's healable and it's, um, it's, a very hard thing to go through, but once you overcome it, it is, life is just so good. It, it, it's just the mental freedom, um, is so worth it. It sounds like your relationship to your body has gone through significant changes the past few years, but especially the past year and a half with COVID, um, being, you know, a pandemic that has changed the way we live our lives. And obviously it gave you a little more time to focus on things that needed changing or things you wanted to overcome. Um, and so how has your body image changed just e even in the past like year and a half, um, yeah. especially now that you're pregnant and about to be a mom? Yeah, honestly, I think, I mean, going through HA prepared me for pregnancy so much. I already did the hard work, which was watching my body change from having HA to getting my first period, my body changed dramatically really quickly. It really did. Um, and it was hard. Gosh, my poor husband, I cried a lot during that time. It was emotional for me because for so long, I looked a certain way. I held a size, you know, size doesn't matter. Everyone's different, but I held a size double zero or zero or whatever that was. Um, and I was just used to that. And so you know, giving that up and knowing that I had to for my health and for my future was really hard. It was, it was almost like grieving, which sounds so dramatic, but when you're that involved with fitness and you just, um, I guess your life has revolved around this image for so long in different seasons, different journeys, it's tough to let go of that. But once I got that first period, it was like, oh, this is why I did it all of those emotional days and the toughness went away. And, you know, it's really common for those who have HA, your first year or two, your body is still going through that puberty phase. So it's not to say that that weight gain is forever. Eventually your body knows what weight to be at and like everything balances out, but it just because your body's been so malnourished in different ways and um, things have just been so off, you know, most of your weight gain is like, 
either in your stomach and that's really common just because of the hormones or you just look awkward and <laughs> I'll speak for myself. It's just awkward, but it's not a forever thing. It's just temporary. I mean, your body's gone through so much, so much. And so that was really hard for me. Um, to just like not be able to be normal and look normal right away. Um, but I worked through it and I think having a coach really helped me with that because she helped me focus on other things and really to just, um, work on my stress levels and my mental health. Cause that's a huge part of it too. You can't just do the physical work and not, um, the mental work that goes with it too. And now, honestly, I think, Pregnancy, I, I've, I, I, I can truly say with confidence that I have not struggled with body image during pregnancy because I'm just daily reminded like, oh my gosh, this is such a gift. And even thinking about postpartum, I know that like when the time is right and my, you know, my body's ready, I'll start working out. And, um, it's just been great. And I think one thing that, you know, too, Kayla, during pregnancy, working out is for the mental health benefits. It like, 100%. And I'm blessed to say I've been able to work out this whole pregnancy, but it's not like you can chase a six pack. It's not like you can do a lot of the things that, you know, you could do before you were pregnant. It's just for mental health. And I think that's been so cool too. Like that doesn't phase me. I agree a hundred percent on the, the last point that you made. Um, I have continued that mindset too into my postpartum life, which yeah. is my workouts are my me time. I refer to them as therapy. Yeah. They are truly like soul nourishing parts of my day. Um, and if I don't get one in, it's not like I'm beating myself up or thinking about how many calories I would have burned or like you said, chasing an aesthetic goal. It's really, I notice such a huge difference when I work out and when I don't. And when I work out, like I try to work out honest, it sounds like extreme probably to some, but like I try to work out five to six days a week. Yeah. Um, but it's really because I feel so good and I'm, and I'm not doing insane workouts. Like I love Peloton. I got one a few months ago. Um, and I like spinning. I love Pilates, which is hilarious because that's what you used to teach. So we're very yeah. similar in that sense. <laughs> I love weightlifting. Yeah. Um, I love long walks. I think if I could recommend anything for the rest of anyone's life that let's say they, they're not really interested in working out, I would just say go for an hour-long walk a day, like literally seven days a week because it's such low impact yeah. and your mood and your cardiovascular system and your heart health and everything just improves so significantly. 100%. So it doesn't have to be crazy. And I think that that's what pregnancy teaches you, right, is taking a step back. And you learned that before even you yeah. got pregnant, which yeah. is so awesome that you got to work on that mindset before getting hit with what a lot of women face, which is, oh my goodness, for the first time in my life, I'm not a size zero or yeah. like, you know, if you're, if you're a very, very small person, um, it could be a different size. It doesn't matter. But for the first time in your life, you probably look a lot different and you're feeling different. So I'm glad that you kind of went through that process and journey and it prepared you mentally um, because it sounds like you're in a really good spot. Yeah. Uh, thank God. Truly. Um, and so I'm just so grateful for the timing of everything too. You know, even during my HA, my husband would say, honey, this is like preparing you for pregnancy and motherhood. Like it really is as hard as it is now. You're so lucky that you get to put in the hard work now because it's going to pay off. And I really feel that, um, you know, I, I have several friends around me who 
have kids and who've gone through pregnancy. And I think the weight gain and the body changes is truly one of the hardest parts of it. Um, but you know, if we as women shift our mindsets to prepare ourselves, whether we're wanting to get pregnant one day or, you know, um, not, I think it's so important to just live a life where your mind is so free from being tied to body image. And like, I have to look a certain way because we all go through things in life. It could be pregnancy. It could be, um, God forbid, but like a car accident that causes you to not be able to work out and your body changes because of that. I just think we need to work better as a society to not tie our worth and who we are to how we look because life is going to throw things at us that we can't control. Um, and we can't always control the size of our genes and like how we're going to look. So I think the, what the point you just made is so apparent in our society today that it's like a spot that we are completely missing the mark on, which is Instagram specifically now, TikTok, all these social media apps. What are, what are they favoring? They actually, the algorithm favors prettier people and, and thinner people. That's why your feed is filled with beautiful people. Even if you don't follow them and you go to your Explorer page, hands, hands down, like you're, you're not going to see a body that is, um, quote unquote overweight. Like you're the odds of seeing that are are very slim. Like you might see it if you follow a lot of accounts like body positivity and stuff like that, because that's what you're like searching for. But what people don't realize is you're being fed images of beautiful people and they actually can screen for like quote unquote beautiful attributes. Like are things symmetrical? Does your face look a certain way? Like are you a thinner body? Like these are these are real things. So I think um just keeping that in mind, what you see on social media not only you know, if it's like the Explorer page, for example, on Instagram, not only is that curated 100%, like we all curate our lives on social media, but it's also heavily curated for, I would say, an unrealistic body type. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You're so right. Honestly, it's sad. I had to delete TikTok, not because of, you know, I mean, that that has, that all of that has a big part to do with it, but it's just too much. It really mm-hmm. is. I, I, I worry about how social media is going to be when our kids are older. It freaks yeah. me out thinking about it. It's just, it's all too much. Yeah. I don't think with Ozzy, my husband and I have talked about it and I don't think we want him to get any social media until he's 16. Um, okay. Because yeah, I just want to limit, eliminate anything that can potentially harm his mental health. Um, and also bullying, like online bullying happens on social media. So if he doesn't have it, I'm not saying he could never get bullied, but at least it can't follow him home from school. You know, if that, if that were the case. Yeah. And you know, one of the practical things that, um, my coach during HA recovery taught me was to unfollow accounts that just made you feel less than or uncomfortable about your physique. Um, and that helped so much like controlling what you're exposing your mind and your eyes to is so important. And so that's a huge social media tip, um, in general, just to create more balance in your life, like follow accounts that make you feel good and, um, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I know that like, I, I say, I feel like I say this in every interview, but I truly mean it. Like I want to respect your time and you are a busy soon to be mom, but you're still 36 weeks pregnant. So I'm sure there's like so many nesting things that you're doing. I saw you just like put the nursery together. So I want to be super mindful of your time. Um, I just have two more questions that I really, um, want to make sure I, I ask so that 
people can have actionable tips um, that they're taking away from this interview. So um, a day in your life, what does that look like now that you have this newfound balanced, I would say, quote unquote, balanced, because what is balance anyway? Um, Balanced lifestyle, um, especially during the season of pregnancy. So can you walk us through like when you wake up, what you do? and, And I'm talking like mentally, spiritually, physically. Totally. So let me give you a weekend day. So my work doesn't um, bore Perfect. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I wake up probably any, honestly, anytime 6, 7 a.m. And first thing I do is breakfast and devotions. Same time. I love, love, love mornings for that very reason. Just like getting into the word journaling is huge for me. I cannot start my day without journaling. And if I do, like when we're on vacation, I just feel a little bit off, you know? Um, but journaling is so big and honestly, it's just, every day is different. My journaling could be scripture. It could be uh, prayer in written form. It could be gratitude. Um, it's just a time for me to open the word, listen to worship music and just write from the heart. Every day is different. Um, but I'll make sure to have breakfast. And then right after that, I work out, which very grateful for, very, very grateful for that opportunity and just to have a body that can move, especially this far along in pregnancy. Um, yeah. So then I'll work out. And after that, I, it really just depends on what's going on. I think now that we're getting closer to baby's arrival, we've been kind of relaxing a bit more and doing, um, more like date, uh, things, just the two of us, but, you know, we also are super blessed to have family close by. So now that we're all vaccinated, it's fun to just be able to hang out with the people that we love and that just pour into, um, our lives. And that's pretty much what my days look like. It it ranges. It could honestly be as simple as my husband and I just staying home all day and watching reality TV shows together. We are so cringy when it comes to that. We love reality TV. Um, and just making dinner at home together or, you know, he's very passionate about working out too. And we have this garage gym. So we like to take turns working out in the garage gym. It's kind of like our me time. Um, but yeah, I, I, I used to like really love blogging and I still do. So I'll do that from time to time. It's not like a daily thing for me, but, um, I'm not a huge, like other than the reality shows that we watch, I'm not like a huge TV binger. So I don't spend much time watching TV or anything like that. Um, yeah, I I would say, that sounds like a really boring day. But no, that sounds like a perfect <laughs> day. And how my days are. I feel like, um, no, we are, it's crazy. Like the way that you just described your day. Cause I feel like that's super similar to like my days. Um, especially on the weekends, maybe not, um, <laughs> my mornings aren't as slow anymore. Cause I've been, um, and, Hopefully your mornings get to be uh, back to how they are now after a little bit after your baby's born. Because, right, um, I know yeah. things change so quickly, but you can still. I'm still such a morning person like you, so you can still make that time. Like when you have kids, you can still get up a little bit earlier. It, is it gonna suck? Yes. Like I don't like waking up early. I am a morning person, but no one likes waking up at five a.m. Like yeah, it's just yeah. hard. Um, but you can make time, and I do agree. Like starting your day with the word. Um, and then just some reflection, whether that's written or like, you know, just in your mind mentally, like reflecting on like, I'm so grateful for my life, this body, this able, abled 
able-bodied, yeah. um, which is like so incredibly beautiful in, in and of itself, just that it exists um, to do good in this world. So um, I, I can relate to your, to your day. So don't think it's boring because if your life is boring, then mine's way, way more boring. <laughs> so I have some work to do. Um, and I know that you said you're not like a huge TV person besides reality TV. Um, I can also re- relate there. I just um, finished up this on unor- my unorthodox life. I think that's what it's called um, on Netflix. If you haven't watched that yet, please do. It's so okay. Good. I love it's, that. It's it. so like you said, cringe, but like, wow. I mean, talk about like their lifestyle is so different from what I can relate to. Like they live in New York, and anyway, it's very interesting. It's also interesting from a Jewish perspective because I am not Jewish, so I okay. love learning about different religions. And um, yeah, so highly recommend. Um, but I know that you have mentioned a few other resources. What other resources, like books, podcasts, um, you know, coaching programs, things that you have invested in, what has helped you grow to the person that you are today? Do you have any, like, a few off the top of your head? Yeah, for sure. So I would say from um, – in terms of, like, a faith-based account, I love the podcast Live Original. Um, it's hosted by a girl named Sadie Rob. She's awesome. Um, she's younger, but she's a new mom. And I just, I, I love the interviews that she does. Um, and it's a really wholesome podcast. So I love live original. Um, and in other, like whether it be a podcast or books or whatever, Christine Kane is awesome. She's such a fierce woman of God. So Christine Kane huge one. Lisa Turkhurst, another really big one that I love. And I would say those are like the three faith-based that I really follow the most. Um, and in terms of like HA recovery, 100%, um, the HA podcast, if you just search that super helpful, I think knowledge is power when it comes to these type of things. So I mentioned the book, no period. Now what by Nicola Rinaldi, highly recommend that. Um, especially for those who are wondering, do I have PCOS? Do I have HA? Um, really, really recommend that book. The HA podcast um, and Sarah Liz King, that is my former coach. She's awesome. Um, Fit Period, uh, another really great Instagram page ran by two. It's a company ran by two girls. They're amazing. And so, yeah, I think even, you know, we talked about the downside of social media, but there is an upside too. And just searching the tag hypothalamic amenorrhea will open so many, so many doors of resource and information. Um, And I think one thing when you're in recovery or going through that community with others who are going through it too is so important and so helpful because you feel so isolated and alone because people don't understand what you're going through those who are not going through it. So surrounding yourself, even if it's virtually with people who are, gosh, I can't recommend that enough um, because it gets lonely. You could be surrounded by so many people, but again, they don't know what you're going through. Um, And really only those who get it will understand. So highly recommend those. Wow. So many incredible resources. And I especially loved the faith-based podcast that you mentioned. So I'm going to have to subscribe because I'm always looking for more, I would say, ways to integrate faith into my daily life. That's not just prayers, devotional. So um, so thank you for that. Um, Okay. Well, we're at our last question. Um, I really 
have appreciated all you've shared today. And I just want to know what does living a life well lived mean to you? Yeah, I love that. So I do have to say, I absolutely love the title of your podcast. I think it's so strong and intentional. Um, A life well lived. A life well lived is a life that truly to you individually feels balanced and healthy and is based on your values and your beliefs and not um, a life based on pleasing other people or worrying about other people. It's a free it's a free life. It's a life of freedom and peace. That's really what that means to me. That's beautiful. And I think you, you embody that a hundred percent. And I'm so blessed to get to know you even more every day, but especially I've, I feel like I've followed you for so long now that I've really seen the evolution and you truly have just such a bright light and it shines so brightly on, on social media. So I know it's just a a hobby for you, but I do feel like just seeing the evolution has made me reflect more on my relationship with my body, social media, fitness, um, just in how open you share about that journey. So I want to thank you for sharing not only, you know, on social media, but also on this podcast, so vulnerably about your past, what you've gone through and how you've overcome it, because I really know that it's going to help so many people. Thank you so much, Kayla. You're such a gem. And I honestly can say all the same for you. I am just so excited to see where this podcast goes and just, I'm truly a big fan. So I'm really excited. Thank you. Such an honor to be on here. Um, and I look forward to hearing all the other amazing podcasts you have lined up. You're awesome. Gosh, well, thank you, thank you, thank you times a thousand. I really hope um, this, I know it's going to, but I hope it reaches many people. And um, I think the last thing that I always ask, which is like, this is so new to me. So where can people find you? Um, I know you said you don't blog a ton, but I did check out your blog just a few days ago, even just to see like what else (laughs) you posted and you have posted recently. So you're definitely active. So where can people find you on the internet? Yeah. So Instagram peg active and website pegactive.com. So I made it really easy. Um, either of those two, I'm more, I guess, uh, on Instagram for now. We'll see how that goes once baby is actually here. But for now, I would say Instagram is usually where I'm the most active. And honestly, my DMs are open to any questions regarding HA, um, ED, really whatever it is. Um, I'm super open and would love to chat. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and we will absolutely have you back. I want to get all the deets on motherhood, postpartum and all that good stuff. And I'm sending you lots of prayers and good vibes as you eagerly await your baby girl's arrival. Thank you so much, Kayla. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Kayla underscore underscore Brandon. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.